welcome to the Nerd Party. at home and welcome to Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as she always is, is Charlene Schmidt. Hello. Hello. I am super excited about this episode because we're getting some cameos and some guest voices <laughs> of some familiar faces. Absolutely, we are. Yeah, this I love this episode. I'm just going to say it up front. I, I'm very excited to be watching it again. This is like last week I was a little cool. Like it's fine. It's okay. But this one, as the kids say, it slaps. <laughs> do do the kids say that? Okay. <laughs> uh, allegedly the kids say that. Yeah. I, I, I'm so out of touch anymore. Like I'm not one of the kids anymore. It's, it's tragic. So this episode is called Parth Ferengi's Heart Place. And it's described as the Cerid- the Cerritos visits the Ferengi homeworld. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> That's such an exciting description. And just, it is. Can, can they so just great. try? <laughs> so I, I'm so excited that we get Max Grodencheck and Chase Masterson as Rom and Lita, respectively. It's so great. I love yes. those two together so much. Yeah. Oh, it's. It's very cool just to see who they do round up every season for Lower Decks because we know we'll get cameos and it's just a matter of who and when. And I I don't know. I This was never on my Lower Decks bingo card, I guess, but I'm glad it was. And I'm glad we're going to Ferenginar because in this episode, just like we did a couple episodes ago, we went to the Orion Homeworld. Now we're going to go to Ferenginar and do some development Lower Decks style. So I'm here for it. How about you? Uh, yes, I think this is – We I don't feel like we've gotten to visit Ferengarnar enough. Now, granted, in Deep Space Nine, you know, um, you know, Quark got to visit his his house that he grew up in. And and also, I think, like, uh, maybe the – I can't remember what it's called, but, like, the, the place with all the stairs – like it, it a crazy amount of stairs that it costs money to take the elevator, so we always tried to oh, walk. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and we're going to get so many good jokes about things like that in this episode. Yes, yeah, and this is follow up. I, I for one, love Ferengis, and I love Ferengis. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the Ferengi development we got so far, it really was on DS Nine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, like in TNG, they were completely different type of people. They were still trying to make them oh, God, yeah. weird and bad and everything like that. But in this one. <laughs> but let's uh, let's go ahead and let's kick it off. Let's get started. Let's. Uh, uh, so yeah, for those why don't of we get who have going. never uh, listened to us before, this is a commentary podcast. And so we will uh, be watching the episode as we're talking. But if you do not have the episode on in front of you, you can listen along and you will know what's happening and you'll. You will have a good time, I promise. And uh, if you do have the episode in front of you, we queue it up as soon as you see CBS Studios Productions. So as soon as that fades away, that's when we hit play and we'll give you a countdown. Yeah, black so screen. is everybody ready? I am ready. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. And off we go. So right away, so we are again, starting we with more... Ferengi. Yeah, we get some more lower deckers and 
to this week we get some Ferengi lower deckers. Right. Yes, this motif. Do you have any new theories as to where this little subplot that's been going on all season is going? Nope, nope, not at all. I mean, they they haven't really given us any new information. So we get a, 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 a tiny Genesis device. Right, Genesis Mini? Wait a minute, like, when did this happen? And when did this become normal? Like, the Ferengi have it. Like, this is one of the... <laughs> right? Okay, how many Genesis device minis are out there and what are people doing with them? And, like, I have so many questions. It's terrifying. It's, they, they use it for terrifying. It yeah. Did people we not hear McCoy how them? crazy it is? Yeah. Like, yo, did they not see Star Trek Three where this was a big <laughs> effing deal? <laughs> it's just a big deal. Yeah. We, 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 we're, there's like so many dots we need to connect in between Star Trek three and now, like, yeah, we have a lot of missing information. <laughs> so I thought this was, this turn was a little quick because the captain senses deception immediately with the helmsman. Right. And I thought I was just like, oh, that's really intuitive. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. So yeah, like is what was the bigger plan here if there was one? Or is it just people constantly deceiving one another? And is it feeding into that stereotype, I guess, where Ferengi are constantly out to just basically screw one another over for money? It's almost kind of like the what the Romulans do for power, at least what we saw with the Romulan lower deckers, where they're constantly scheming right. and trying to take control, but it's not for monetary gain. It's for their own position. Right. And we are seeing like the very baseline, like every stereotype about a race of aliens on Star Trek, like it's it's getting condensed into these little scenes. So theoretically, that is what's going on here. I really, for season five, I honestly have no idea what else they're going to add to that. We already talked about this, section. Tristan. Oh, that's right. We did. That's right. Yeah. God's going to show up. God, He's yeah, going to fire right. lasers out of his eyes. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Speaking of which, we heard, uh, well, there's a lot of buzz going on about Lower Decks yeah. this week. Because Mike McMahon said, okay, we're working on season five, but beyond that, we don't know how long this show is able to go on. Y'all know what to do. With Star Trek Prodigy, we have the Save Star Trek Prodigy hashtag, make noise online, demand lower decks, buy the merch, do all the things to support the show. Because I don't know about you, I want to watch this show for at least seven seasons, if not more. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to get at least seven seasons like we did in the old days. And it's hard, right. though, because I understand from a business perspective, like within the community – Within the Star Trek community, this is a wildly popular show. If you like New Trek, you probably like this show. If you don't like New Trek, you probably still like this show because it's a love letter <laughs> to the old stuff. But yeah. it's not for people outside of the fandom. It's no, not. it's really not. This is not and an so, introduction to the franchise. Prodigy, yeah, is. It, exactly. Yes, Prodigy absolutely is. Like my kids, or I should say, my eldest really likes Prodigy, but. And and she's kind of lukewarm on anything else Star Trek, but Prodigy was an entry point. This one yeah. is a love letter to Star Trek for the fans. And so you have a limited base. You have a limited base. So from a Paramount perspective, this might not be their, one of their biggest earners when it comes to subscriptions. It really might not be. I have a feeling that's Strange New Worlds. 
now that disco yes. is wrapping up and mm-hmm. yeah strange new worlds is getting a lot of critical acclaim as well whereas lower decks being an animated show animation always gets overlooked i hate that but it's true um, that said animated trek in the 2020s is just absolutely killing it maybe save for some of those very short treks <laughs> oh god <laughs> your mileage might vary on those oh my god. but, I don't but they're not canon that. so <laughs> let's not let's not get too all up in arms about it nevertheless like yeah this era of trek has been so much fun because we are getting such a variety of things and mm-hmm. i know that five seasons is actually a very good run for a show in this day and age if that's yeah, all we end up getting modern show yeah. yeah i get it Disco- discovery is only getting five seasons yeah 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 i i don't care i want to beg for as long and as much as i can possibly get out of paramount even if they're financially not doing too well which it seems like Maybe things are not so great behind the scenes because they are making so many stupid cuts. Save Star Trek Prodigy. I mean, yeah, there, there's no way that this is an expensive show. There's a, I, I refuse to believe that Lower Decks is an expensive show. But anyway, let's get back to the episode. I so, suppose we should talk about that, huh? Maybe we could talk about the episode. So the four of them are going down to Fringinar and Ransom just told them what they're going to do. And so they're doing travel duty or whatever it's called. It's like um, travel guide duty, I think. Yes, and how cool is that where they get to visit a planet and then just review the hotels and the bars and the... Oh, my God. How many influencers would love this gig? (laughs) Right? And so Tendi and Rutherford have to be uh, pretend to be married in order to review stuff as couples. And there are people who have shipped the two of them for a very long time. Oh, absolutely. So what is your stance on that? Like... Do you, do you really think that they have the potential to be a couple or are they just, uh, is it a really good solid friendship? And this is a nice play on that. Will they or won't they, but like, you know, flipping the script, obviously. Yeah. I th- I mean, I could obviously see it because they are such good friends, but at the same time, I'm appreciate them not doing it because it is nice to see them as such good friends. Kind of yeah. like, with, you know, Boimler and Mariner. You know, or it's just we – not everybody needs to hook up. Right. Yeah, it's almost refreshing if they don't <laughs> because it's nice just to see really solid friendships where, like, they've got each other's backs so hard. <laughs> it's it's like a brother-sister relationship rather than, you know, husband and wife or partners or what have you. I love Mariner's line in this. It's like, oh, this is what heaven would look like if God was stupid. <laughs> AKA it's Las Vegas. And I love, if you didn't pause and look at all the signs in the background, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Quark's reason, Youth Casino is probably my favorite. That one makes me laugh the most. Yes. I don't know why, but it's like Uncle. Uh, yeah, for the youth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I do love how they're in, like Tendi and Rutherford are so into it at the beginning. Where right? they're like, yeah, they we really could totally are do that. You know, like we're. We're close friends, and so we know a lot of ch- about each other. But then when they start talking about, like, Tindy walking around in her underwear or, or like, topless, <laughs> that's when it starts to get real. And then we see them literally blush Right? On the it just and- happened, too. I loved the timing on that. It was so perfect. Yeah. Like, oh, all of a sudden, this is getting a little sexual. <laughs> we all just envision Tendi with her top off. And some do it more than others. Sure. Sure, and there's plenty of fanfic for that too. <laughs> I once again, so you know how last week 
or the previous weeks I was talking about how we don't get, we haven't been getting that much Boimler. Uh, yeah. Even if like, so like even with the security storyline, he wasn't really in it that much. I mean, he was, he had his own storyline, but it, he wasn't front and center. And once again, we're, we're getting another storyline where he's kind of put off to the side. A little uh, bit, but I love what he gets to do here and the way this, this turns out. Yeah, honestly, of all the plots that are going on in this episode, and there's like, what, at least four of them, this mm-hmm. might actually be my favorite, I'm, which I'm seems strange one. to say, but it's it's so goddamn funny that his commentary on things like commercials, like, oh, they just lie to yeah. you? That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, that, that, It's amazing. He's like, and he's laughing about it. He's like, oh, they just lie to you? Right? <laughs> A commercial? And then he finds out, it's just like, he's like, oh, they have ads inside the show that's like brainwashing. And then Paramount, (laughs) I mean, like the the stars behind the mountain start sparkling behind his head. I love that kind of wink to the audience stuff. Oh, totally. It's so good. Now, Mariner's plot, on the other hand, I'm a little cool on this because, okay, can we please just face this issue with her? It's it's like we're at a crossroads now. You need to face your demon here. What is the deal? And the thing that I can come up with is that she's so used to moving around as a Starfleet brat, um, you know, has been promoted and demoted and has constantly had this rebel with a cause kind of attitude for so long. She doesn't know what to do without it. She's lost. She needs to renew her purpose. What is your why, Mariner? Let's figure that out before the season's over. Oh, please be done with it. We've been doing it for four years now. It's getting a little ridiculous now where she's just getting into fights for the heck of it. Yeah. I I don't know. So, I had the feeling that she had grown a little more than this. Yeah. Did I you? Thought, just a couple of weeks ago, I thought we finally put it to bed. Like when she had that heart to heart with Ransom, I was just like, oh, good. It's finally done. And then we come back with this episode. Like, I get it. Progress is not like this linear upward trend, but it is just kind of sad in a way to see her doing this yet again. So in this scene where, uh, uh, where Rom and Lita are renegotiating the contract, I was about to burn Paramount studios down because <laughs> really? Why? I legitimately thought that they were going to make Rom an idiot. Oh no, no. I, I, I knew they were not going to go for that. I was unsure because oftentimes, like, there's a lot of times when, uh, with with Star Trek, especially you know modern Star Trek, where it's okay to make the guy the idiot, like it sure. it, it kind of is, it just is. And right. I was sa- I was worried that they were going to go in that direction just to just to boost up Lita because Lita okay, didn't really fair. have that much to didn't have that much autonomy or power in Deep Space Nine. But now they're giving it to her, which is fantastic. And I was like, why can't we just build up both? And then, of course, it's revealed that it's all just a ploy. And I'm like, I started to calm down. And I'm like, okay. (sighs) Okay, (laughs) Breathe, Tristan. It's okay. Yeah, they are a team. It's all good. Yeah. And I love that the the landlords are the cops and the good guys. (laughs) Right. Because Ferengi. <laughs> it's such a great Ferengi show. It's such a great concept. It really is. Who thought? Whoever thought of that, bravo. And here we go with uh, the, the product placement. So much Sluggo Cola. Once again, Paramount, marketing, 
you could sell us this stuff and we will actually buy it. It really is crazy because they <laughs> I saw somebody complaining again today is that CBS Studios or Paramount, whatever you want to say, uh, they're horrible with merchandising for Trek. And they always do the wrong things. They're just like, oh, here's something from the show. And everybody's like, that's not what we wanted. Right. They really need to get somebody in there who is really savvy, who can think of these things beforehand so that when we see the thing and we're like, oh, my God, I want it. It's already there and waiting for us. And they will sell that stuff out. There was there was one time uh, when I was watching Parks and Recreation. I was watching it live. and. In the episode, the male lead gives a female lead a a tiny uh, stuffed horse, and it has a lot of um, – it's based off of a, a, a real tiny horse that was in the show. And everybody kind of oohed and awed. But immediately when he handed it to her, a banner came up at the bottom of the screen and said, go to NBC.com and you can buy this horse. And – yeah. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. But at the same time, I'm like, what the friggin' hell? Do not do that during the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Watch the episode first. Like, make the little card at the end and tell us where to get it, right? (laughs) Exactly. Don't do it the moment that it appears in the show. Can you imagine, like, if, like, as soon as Sluggo Colo came up, or like, or when Tom Paris's plate came up, it said, "Oh, you can buy this at the shop." People like <laughs> we would be excited, and at the same time, we're like, "Hey, cut that out." Yeah. Well, the nice thing for us with streaming is at least we can pause it and then yeah. open up Chrome or whatever we're using and go to StarTrek.com. Now that said, though, they also had like this wonderful opportunity that they missed for the Tom Paris plate, which would be like a little like those one minute infomercials that were just so corny, but for things like coins and plates mm-hmm. and stuff that were so big like 30 40 years ago <laughs> to do that style i wish they would have because those were so huge in their day so mariner was wearing a, a a ferengi helmet like it was like shaped like a ferengi head with ears and it was just like one of those um yeah that, that you could drink out of it on the sides like you know like a beer football helmet or something like that right who, people in vegas who is that have made them all for it like is that made just for tourists like who don't have <laughs> ferengi ears right i that's all i can think guess. of yes it, it's got to be because basically Ferenginar is just vegas on steroids yeah yeah that's i mean a rainy muggy it, yeah you know it's Las like vegas. like yeah if if las vegas were in the swampy florida everglades and <laughs> Had all the flashy lights. Now, I actually got to interview Chase Masterson for the Nerd Party. And um, at the Chicago Con, that was a couple years ago. And she was so nice. Super amazing. It's it's always nice to see, like, when you meet people that you've been watching on TV for years or, like, celebrities and they turn out to actually be decent people. (laughs) Yeah, it is nice when that happens because it doesn't always happen. Now, a friend of mine pointed out... Yeah, yeah, this is like Star Trek The Experience, hardcore, lots of references, super accurate. I never got to go. Did you? I never did either. My aunt lived in Vegas and she told me, she's like, listen, just come, come and visit as much as you can. And I was never able to. I was too young. I like, I didn't have any money. Like (laughs) That was my problem too. I was poor and I was in college. You can't travel much when those two things are happening. So I love that in the background of this of this episode, because most of the time we see women with clothes because we know that, 
you know, like Rom is a progressive Negus, and so he made it okay for for women to to wear clothes. Uh, but in the background, we still see some Fringy females naked. Yes, we do. Yeah. And I like that little touch because it's like, oh, you know, some some are probably traditionalists or some are probably conservative. And so they're like, yeah, I'm like right? I can wear clothes if I want to, but I don't want to today. Right? Yeah, they're choosing. That's the difference. That's so that this storyline with mm. <laughs> Yeah, with Rutherford and Tendi. This one was one of those moments when I'm less like, okay, let's calm down. Like I get it. <laughs> like this is this is one of those yeah. things where the show goes a little too crazy, a little too amped up. Yeah, I feel like this plot went a little too hard to make them uh-huh. Like, we already know this. <laughs> like, and I know yeah, it's animation it's just... and it's amped up. Like, we've talked about this so many times, but this particular storyline is just like, what restaurant in Varinganar would do this, especially if you wanted repeat business? You're I know right. it's a cartoon. Don't write me yeah. letters. I know it's a cartoon, but. <laughs> yeah, but also like the shuttle Nobody's going to willingly go in there, make love to their partner, (laughs) and let everybody else hear it. What? No, 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 no. This is not a thing. And also, they could just say, no, thank you, and then walk away. Like, they don't have to. (laughs) 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 Now, that said, though, they do both look stunning in in their outfits. It's true. I'm I'm a big fan, and I'm I'm not... Ashamed to admit it, I'm a big fan of window cleavage in Star Trek. I, I love it. Yeah, it's, uh, you've mentioned it's it. A great aesthetic choice. I knew you'd appreciate Tendy's outfit. She does look <laughs> good. I know you like Tendy. So the Dominion War Memorial is a is a is an ode to lost prophets. How amazing <laughs> is that? Right, it's That's beautiful. Perfect. This Fringinar is so well thought out, except for that restaurant. This (laughs) this whole concept of Fringinar is so great, and it adds so much to the 25th century culture. Oh, I guess this is still 24th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really good development for Fringinar and Ferengi culture, but lower deck style, just like we got a couple of episodes ago when Tendi visits home. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is where it kind of goes off the rails for me. This is when I was just like, okay, I start it's rolling like, in my eyes. I start not paying attention. This is like a game show now. It's like the freaking newlywed game or something, you know? Like, okay, this is ridiculous and gaudy. Now, granted, the Frankie are gaudy, but <laughs> now we've got to really go over the top though with Dr. Miglimoo and pretending like he's some sort of part of this so that they don't have to go to prison basically for lying. But <laughs> and also, you know that's like, not really going to go anywhere. This maitre d has the authority to send people to prison. Like he just apparently. Okay. I mean, All if right. landlords can be cops, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I always it makes me makes you wonder if the counselor is going to if we're going to see this pop up again in future episodes where the counselor is confused about their relationship or their friendship or if they, he actually thinks that they're attracted to him. You know, it would almost be a shame if he doesn't, and yet I could totally see it happening where this just blows over because they're just friends. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, Dr. Miglimoo is a little bit of a question mark for me. It's hard to know where that character is going sometimes. And I love that he reminded us that Rutherford's name is Samanthan. I always forget that his name is Samanthan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some really cool first names in Lower Decks. We've got Samanthan. We've got Bradward. I like that. So I... um. This was another thing where I kind of had to chalk it up to just animation being animation. Cause like, this is a four star Admiral four pip Admiral. And, <laughs> and he's a dummy. He, he's just acting like a complete fool. And, and I think that was one of the reasons why I was worried about ROM is because they're like, Oh, if we can make a four star Admiral, this idiotic, then maybe they could do that to ROM as well. Maybe, but at the same time, it's great that Ram and Lita are playing this guy for such a fool. And Carol Freeman gets a dub for once. She knows what's up. She's the one who saves the day. I'm glad it wasn't one of those things where they tried to subvert that part of the plot, where she would be constantly like, oh, something's up, something's up. And then, of course, nothing is. But this time she's right, and I'm happy for her. (laughs) And it was all just a ploy to begin with like this was yeah like they, they rom wasn't even trying to get more he was just trying to make sure that they weren't going into a a business deal with uh with people who don't know business what do you think about Ferenginar going into the federation because i saw some rumbling online where people were saying oh let Ferenginar be Ferenginar. they don't need to become a part of the federation they don't need to be homogenized and that was a big part of deep space nine what do you think about Ferenginar coming into the federation You know, at the start of the episode, first time watching it and all of that, I thought, oh, well, that's an odd proposition. Frenginar becoming a part of the Federation. Do they really have enough in common? Like, is this Mm -hmm. actually going to work? Why are they doing this? And then I remembered Rom is the Grand Nagus now. So there has been a lot of changes. And I love this follow-up. I'm willing to give it a chance. But, I mean... Yeah, on first blush, it just doesn't seem like it would work. What do you think? I, you know, at first I got excited just because joining the Federation is a big deal. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, like that's exciting from a storytelling standpoint. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, this is weird. And, you know, when they started talking about the reasons why they needed to go into the Federation, I felt like this could have been an opportunity to say that they weren't going to be a full-fledged member, that maybe Mm -hmm. it was... Because there are different levels of Federation membership where, you know, like they have some sort of more of a formal trade policy or they're more involved in each other's lives. But it's not like um, the Ferengi military is going to become part of Starfleet. You know, like they they have their own separate stuff, but yet they give each other resources. I don't know. But yeah, this shot always made me laugh so hard. <laughs> right. They it's perfectly fine and intertwined. normal because they're at work. <laughs> that's that's it for him. Now, Bradward's bloodshot eyes, he's in his underwear. This shot made me laugh so hard. First time seeing it. Like, we have all been there, dude. We, we get you. We have all been there. And it's <laughs> I love that he's discovering television. I love that this right? storyline. It's, it's it's so funny because we, you know, there was that Voyager episode where um, Harry Kim, when they go back in time oh, and yeah. Future's End, and Harry yes. Kim is just like, it's like, oh, I don't think I could be a part of a story. I, I don't think I could watch a storyline that I'm not a part of. Right. And Cass says, oh, that's, you've been spoiled by the holodeck. And 
I love that it still has that appeal to to Boimler. You know, like he gets yeah. sucked in. Yeah, which makes me wonder, is he going to be continuing to obsess over certain TV shows? Will he have to follow his stories? That would be really funny. It I really think. would. I, I, I want to see him suck Mariner in. I would love to see him have that sh- show up again later when he's just like, he's like, oh, there's a new episode out. Everybody shut up. And he goes and, <laughs> and watches his, his Ferengi shows. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That would be fantastic. Well, that's this episode. We have to wait another week to find out what's going to happen. And we got seven, eight, nine, ten. So we got four more episodes to go. Okay. That's not a lot, but it's also not too many. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to go to thenerdparty.com for all of our backlogged episodes and all of our other shows that are on the network. Tune in next week where we'll talk about episode seven. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.